Welcome to Slashers and Spirits, a horror movie podcast. On this show, Kim and I, longtime horror fans, show movies to our friend AJ, who hated the genre until just recently. I'm Aaron. I'm AJ. I'm Kim. And we're all drinking on a weeknight, because that's a requirement <laughs> of this show. Just uh, <laughs> that way I can't be held accountable for anything I say. That's law, right? We're yeah, that's that. how that works. <laughs> Alright, this week we watched From Dust Till Dawn. Um, last week we watched The Grudge. Do we want Fuck to talk the about grudge. how The Grudge has affected us? AJ, you Fuck were, you the were grudge. scarred and shocked from okay. your last encounter with this? It didn't traumatize me the same way Midsummer did, because Midsummer I still think about. Um, I still have those images in my head, and I don't have the same about The Grudge, but I just had the worst time watching it. It just was awful. <laughs> I mean, you have your bodyguards, so like to be fair, you're pretty protected. Oh, yeah. See, but I'm not home right now, so I don't have my bodyguard. I'm at my parents' house. They don't have a ghost to protect me. They should get one. Like, rent a ghost? <laughs> rent a ghost. Rent a ghost. <laughs> 1-800-RENT-A-GHOST. <laughs> I could use that. I could use that. I'd put that all everywhere, you know? Just drop <laughs> the ghost anywhere? Anything that can make something spooky happen. Like, uh, you know, like in Beetlejuice, how they can, like, change themselves to be all gross and scary mm-hmm. and shit. I've always said the best superpower would be to bleed heavily from my eyes. <laughs> because like what? there's nothing i could do yeah there's nothing i could do to help people with that right like no. if like a bank's being robbed like i'm like dude i'm sorry i'm i'm fucking playing halo there's nothing really i can do to, to help with that but if like anybody comes up to me and asks for anything you start bleeding from your eyes you go oh they're, they're gone they're gone you're <laughs> out of whatever they were coming to talk to you about you don't gotta deal with it at all in school i would use it like anytime a test got passed out i just start bleeding from the eyes it's the ultimate selfish superpower you don't need to do anything thing and you get pity anytime you want it'd be great that's a lot to unpack i'm not gonna that is a lot to unpack (laughs) (laughs) you guys don't stay up late at night screaming into a mirror thinking about this as well no um no anyway what are we what are we talking about why are we here why are we here we're here because we like to have fun and watch horror movies and i like to be traumatized by them that my friends make me watch apparently I would like telepathy. That's my superpower. That's why I'm here. You want to be able to read people's minds? Yes. Why? I want to know everyone's deepest secrets and I but want to But you know what they think about you then. Exactly. So I can weed out the weak assholes <laughs> and keep those that are truly loyal to me. A hundred percent. But what that about is... the creep at the grocery store who's just checking you out and thinking terrifying things? You want to know that too? It'll keep me safer. I'll know who to avoid. Mm. That's fair. That's a good point. I'll take it. Thank you. Um, I would like to be able to move things with my mind. Or I just want to be magical, honestly. Like, I either want to be, like, a wizard or a mermaid. Like, I don't really need a superpower. Fuck superpowers. A wizard or a mermaid? <laughs> yeah, those <laughs> are my like two, two options. two very different ends of the spectrum. Do you know how dope it would be to be a wizard or a witch? I would like to be, like, a witch in a cottage. That's actually what I really like want. Like, the ones you're with, not, like, you're the not warts talking on the Harry nose, Potter. Like, Hansel Gretel. Oh, yeah. we're on two different vibes here. I was I... thinking Hansel and Gretel Witch who eats children. And I don't want to eat Harry children. Potter. And I, I was going for the first Harry Potter podcast reference of the day. Oh, oh. my god. I said wizard. I think I win. <laughs> Just to clarify. That could be anyone. That could be Gandalf. That could be... Ugh. Yeah, but I meant Harry Potter. Who else would I mean? Um, I used to really want to be a vampire because I was really into Twilight. 
Uh, I think AJ just segmented into the movie. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. (laughs) And of course, Twilight is how she does it. (laughs) The best movie Uh, ever. Twilight, Twilight. New Moon. (laughs) Oh my god, can we? No. (laughs) New Moon is trash. New Moon is trash. We skipped that one last time we watched the whole series. We just fully skipped it. There's no point. But when we eventually show Aaron the whole Twilight franchise, we will show him New Moon because it's important for the story. However, I will drink heavily because it's trash. I would argue Eclipse is probably, in my opinion, a bit more trash than New Moon. (gasps) Yes. Oh, no. Yes. This is is an argument that would take hours. Anyways, that's not what we're here for. (laughs) Welcome to Slashes and Spirits of Twilight Podcast. (laughs) You can't hate them. You haven't seen them. Oh, we should... should, um... You we can hate them without we're watching drinking, them, right? Yeah. Yes. What are we drinking tonight? Um, I'm drinking boys and beer. Oh my god, <laughs> boys, boys and, beer. and beery. I'm drinking boysenberry beer from Knott's Berry. Hell Farm. yeah! Wow, that was a lot to say. I'd always said I wish they sold this beer to go, and we were there recently, and they did sell it to go, and it was way out of my price range. It was ungodly expensive, but I knew I had talked such a big game about wanting to have it to go for so long that I just bit the bullet and did it. So, you know, I drank towards the loss of money as well. We'll just we'll put it that way. Cheers to that. <laughs> I had some Moscow Mules tonight. That's what I drank. <laughs> you that like there was so much to follow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and? And were they good? (laughs) I was waiting for somebody else to respond, and then no one responded. So I was like, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) We just. That's all. That's all, folks. <laughs> let's, 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 what about your Moscow mules? How were they? <laughs> they were good. I didn't have any limes, so they were really just ginger beer and vodka. But honestly, I liked them more than I normally do. So that was pretty exciting. <laughs> and that's my whole update. Kim, what are you drinking? I'm drinking, once again, a Corona Refresca. Wow. In the same flavor, guava lime. Imported from Mexico. Very fitting Kim, for the theme. I think you need to drink more. Because Why? you drink the same thing every week, which means that you had leftovers. And I don't think you should have leftovers. Um, Actually, I have a whole pack in my fridge. Yeah, and I drank drink two. the whole pack last week. <laughs> Um, I save my drinks for Wednesdays. I don't drink during the week, to be honest. I know. You should have drank it all last Wednesday. You're not pulling your weight. I Kim, have a have a sadder life. <laughs> <laughs> have a sadder life. <laughs> I love that I'm being forced to drink more. Just just drink more. Drink the You're whole pack in one Wednesday. <laughs> I love that. Listen, I finished a vodka bottle today. We are concerned. I'm concerned. What were you, what were you saying, AJ? I said I finished a bottle of vodka today, so I think that That's... I'm on a different page than everyone else. Should we applaud to that? Or... I didn't drink the whole yeah, bottle. Just, like, how full, <laughs> how full was the bottle before this? Is yeah. The okay, I guess it wasn't that full, but I'm just saying it's a very big bottle, and it's now officially finished, and my parents are going to have to buy more alcohol, which... Probably not great that my parents bought the alcohol I'm drinking tonight, but you know, it's what happens. Especially because you're 16. <laughs> <laughs> we do not support. Spend, please, quickly, quickly. Yeah. Say, say your real age, quickly. <laughs> I've dug us a hole. Us out. <laughs> this podcast does not support the drinking of minors. I'm actually 24 years old. It is okay. 
Woohoo! You hear that? I'm off the hook. Fucking. <laughs> Saved you from the police that were coming after you. <laughs> well, so we watched the movie tonight, huh? Apparently. Yeah, we did. Uh, I chose to watch From Dust Till Dawn. You did? From the... What did we watch? <laughs> it was just Aaron yeah, who just tagged in at the end. Uh, well, I watched it. They watched some other bullshit. <laughs> Twilight. We watched we Twilight. Watched <laughs> and he watched From Dust Till Dawn. Hey, you, I, I, I listen. I promise every week to watch a different movie, and you guys are like, "No, we can't watch Garfield. We can't watch Jimmy Timmy Power Hour." It's, I it's, said it's yes ridiculous. to Jimmy Timmy Power Hour. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. And what? 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 Yeah, I, I don't. You guys reference it all the time, and I'm, I never respond because I don't know what that is. It's the Fairly Odd Parents Jimmy Neutron collab, where they go into each other's world. It's a whole it's hour. It's fantastic. Yeah, I read books as a child. So. Wow, she read books <laughs> as a child. She's gonna be a doctor. She's so smart. Mm, I read books. I don't rot my brain with alcohol on, on podcast days. I'm Kim. I'm having Corona. My my drinks imported from Mexico, not bought from a cheap amusement park. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this is my third time I'm going to try to get us to transfer to the movie. No, don't. <laughs> okay, so we watched Dust Till Dawn. From, from Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. So, from Footman and Spy Kids Man. Absolutely. Now yes. you're speaking the language here. Um... It's it's definitely representative of both parties, um, in the sense that it's two completely different movies, uh, pretty yes. much. Just like, you know, 45 minutes in one, and 45 minutes in the other. And the first 45 minutes is a pretty brutal, um, gross Tarantino film. Yes. The first 45 minutes. Which and confused then if me. And then, if you're unfamiliar with the movie, it takes the most dramatic tone shift in the second half. Where they finally end up at a bar, this gross biker bar, and then it's this whole bank robbery, sneaking past the border movie, and then it switches to the campy. Everyone turns into vampires. That's the best way to put it. Everyone turns into vampires all of a sudden out of nowhere. Like literally 50 minutes into this movie, it becomes a different movie about killing vampires. And it's the best thing ever. Like after that, after the point where the vampires come, it's it's a perfect movie. Uh, yeah. beforehand it's <laughs> kind of a different story i think it's very well done but i think it's disturbing and creepy as all hell and like it was i felt pretty gross the whole time when i'm like oh yeah i love this movie <laughs> uh it's fucking great uh there's some uh close-up shots of toes and sexual assault it's it's great um that's not at all what i like about the movie but for about 50 minutes i gotta feel like a creepo (laughs) from my perspective i was very confused about how you possibly love this movie because it's a very non-aaron movie and i was also like what's happening this is just a creepy tarantino movie i don't get it are you guys fans of tarantino so to be clear he screen wrote this and starred in it but are you guys fans of any of his movies or have you seen any of his stuff i like kill bill okay i'm a I'm a big fan of most of his stuff. I just don't want to be lumped in with like Tarantino fans because I don't, I don't like necessarily agree with a lot of what Tarantino does. But all every movie he makes is pretty goddamn entertaining, and I and I love him for that. But I totally understand he's an absolute creepo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same. I like his stuff for the most part. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's done anything bad, really. I I really 
like every one of his movies. It's just, I'm not sure I love him. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I agree with that. Okay. I just wanted to, like, see. If, maybe because the first half is kind of strange, but I feel like it, it's still kind of on par with what he usually does. So I kind of was, like, here for it, if that makes sense. Like, I kind of oh, was yeah, vibing I, in the first part. I'm here for it. Absolutely. It's just, like, so dark. And I felt like by recommending this movie and talking such a big game on it, I had signed that I was okay <laughs> with with that for like that first half of the movie is something I'd be like, oh, you gotta see this. <laughs> you know? um, I, we should explain it to some degree, right? It's it's two brothers. The the first brother being played by George Clooney, looking uh, good as ever. Yeah. And then uh, the second brother is played by Quentin Tarantino himself, the Toe King with the toe ring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Every week I say I'm going to drink a little less. Just a little bit worse. Um. And they had just robbed a bank and killed several people while robbing that bank. And they robbed the bank after breaking out George Clooney from prison mm-hmm. and also killing people during that event. They killed a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of yes, dead people. Um, and they wind up going to a motel near the Mexican border because they're trying to get over to Mexico so they can uh, get away with their stolen money from the bank. Wow, that's a long way to say that, huh? Uh, they can get away with their, their bank robbery winnings. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't shorter. <laughs> um, but they need to find a way to get across the border. And then there's a preacher and his kids that are staying in the hotel. And they're in a big RV. And they're like, yo, we'll cross the border in this RV. Am I right? <laughs> and they they hold them hostage and head over the Mexican border. But in between that, we need to see a bunch of innocent people die on the two brothers' rampage, the Gecko brothers. And it's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. I was, like, trying to figure out how this was a horror movie at first. And I was like, is it a slasher? Because they just kill a lot of people? Like, that doesn't seem accurate. But also, I don't know shit. So, like, maybe I guess that works. But it also was, like, very confusing. You're acting like we've watched the slasher on slasher. <laughs> that'd be that'd be dumb that'd be crazy. Some kind of slasher movie that would make way too much sense. But you had no idea the movie was going to switch no into a vampire movie. No yeah, idea. No I the woman's face changed, and I was I, well. You guys were like excited about this woman, and I was like, yeah, she's hot, sure. And then all of a sudden, her face changes, and I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, it took me. I had to ask what they were because I thought maybe they were vampires, but they looked so fucked up that like normally vampires don't look that way that I was like uncertain about what was possibly happening. Well, what kind of vampire films are you like, have you seen? (laughs) I guess. Twilight. Oh. Kim, what did you think of the, of the opening of this movie? The first 50 minutes, the the Tarantino-esque section. I think I kind of feel, well, Okay. I guess I'm a little backwards as per usual. I kind of liked the beginning more than the second half. (laughs) Only because, and I, you know me, I love vampires. I'm like a vampire whore. I've watched so many vampire (laughs) films. Clip that. That, Take those those five seconds and clip that. (laughs) No, like I'm obsessed with vampires since I've been like in sixth grade. I made like a whole presentation on vampires when everyone else did it like on Jonas Brothers. I was that creepy bitch who made a whole ass presentation (laughs) in class about vampires. Like I'm obsessed with them. 
So like I'm gonna need to see that PowerPoint. Me too. <laughs> it was on the poster board. <laughs> we didn't have PowerPoint. We I need think. to remake it. <laughs> I was obsessed with Anne Rice. So vampires are very much my favorite form of like horror villain, I guess. Um but as I mean, no surprise to anyone, the silliness and the ridiculousness of that whole second half is kind of what kills it for me. And yeah. I, I kind of wanted more. Yeah, I kind of was vibing with the first half over the second half, which is surprising for me. Um, because, like I said, I fuck with vampires really hard. So, like, I mean, I went through the whole Anne Rice, Buffy phase, dare I say it, Twilight phase, all of it. Hell I've yeah. I've seen all of it. I've read almost all of it. Like, you can't gloss over your Twilight phase like that. You have I a lot of Twilight will. phase. I will Man, I was, gloss I over say. it to the day I die. Honey, you own no, jewelry. You are the biggest Twilight fan. <laughs> I saw. Nobody needs to know that. Okay, you have a shirt. You own the jewelry. You have the We're well, I have more than one shirt. All my PJ shirts are Twilight related. <laughs> I was well, because that's the thing. Like I literally read Anne Rice when I was like under ten. My mom bought me the books Anne way Rice? too early. <laughs> I don't know either. Don't are you guys serious right silence. now? She wrote her Interview with the Vampire silence. and like Queen of the Damned. Like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Kim, She's a very famous writer. As a kid, we were on fucking whatever. Yeah, we we didn't. <laughs> we watched Jimmy Timmy Power Hour. <laughs> she was a very. Yep. She's a famous writer, and um, she did a lot of a whole series of like vampire novels. And Interview with the Vampire is one of her most famous of the bunch. Okay, I I know that. Yeah. So she and I I had her whole like collection given to me on my birthday when I was like. Literally in fifth or sixth grade, which probably shouldn't have happened because it's pretty graphic at times. Yeah, that um, sounds that sounds that sounds young for this is for why that, Kim so. is the way she is. My mom didn't she didn't know the books. She just knew that I liked vampires, so she got like I had an encyclopedia of vampires A to Z that I got from Barnes and Noble, a thick ass book of vampire mythology and like oh movies and characters. Like I was in a deep. What was it called? What was it called? I'm pretty sure it was called the Encyclopedia of Vampires. I'm pretty sure. I think I still own it at home. Um, so I'm definitely deep in the lore and genre of vampires. It's it's one of my favorites that I've liked for a while, which is kind of, I mean, not to say I don't like it. I just, the silliness kind of takes it away from me a bit. And I think at the beginning, the first half, I'm so like used to Tarantino's bullshit when it comes to how his movies work that I just kind of flow with it. And of course, there are things I didn't like about it. Like, I mean, I'll get into the dislikes later. Um, but I kind of, I kind of fucked with the story at that point. And it had really great dialogue. Yeah. I think it had really great shots. And I think my only criticism for the second half that kind of brings it down is that it just becomes over the top ridiculous. And that's not really my typical taste in movies. So I think that's just a personal take, not like a full criticism quite yet of it but yeah unfortunately that's how it kind of every time i watch it i try and get back into it but i'm like yes that's the one damn <laughs> that's the, book. That's that's the book. vampire book yeah this is the third edition yeah early adopter did you have the first edition i i just know i got it from barnes and noble and i'm like browsed through it but i mean i don't remember much about it so you're I a just, fake fan 
Well, I was young, you know, like I, I I had so many vampire books. Like it's not even funny. Like young adult novels after and before Twilight oh, yeah. geared a lot towards oh, yeah. vampires. And I was like, it's my time to shine. Like it's no longer weird for me to like vampires this much. And I fully went headfirst into it. I dived deep <laughs> into <laughs> all these vampire series and the movies. I was just, I don't know why I liked it so much. I also was in Catholic school around this time. <laughs> so I think that might be another component of why I really liked vampires. It, I was in a little Catholic school presenting to my Catholic class with my Catholic teachers about vampires. <laughs> and the themes in vampire lore. <laughs> Kim sent me a TikTok the other day about like a child presenting about um, serial killers. And now I know that it's just her actually presenting about vampires as a child. That was oh, yeah. TikTok. I was obsessed. She's also presentations about how she wants to hold your hand. Yes, no. she does. Just no. for the record, for the podcast, Kim's trying to tell me she wants to hold my hand. No. I, 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 I didn't know about this until just recently, but it is Kim's life. It just started. Hand. It's I a just lie. found out, too. But it's it's very new. Um, She's working on it. And you know what? I'm not. Someday she'll achieve her dream. I believe in her. No. Are you comfortable with, hold, with holding Kim's uh, hand? Like, you're, you're ready for it? Um, I will maybe. bite your hand off. Once she's, like, honest about how she feels, maybe. I am. <laughs> As of now, <laughs> I am. <laughs> oh, so you do want to hold my hand. No, I've been adamant it. that I don't. <laughs> so AJ, I'm going to guess you enjoyed the second half of this movie more okay, than the first. Honestly, partially just because Quentin Tarantino's person and character died, like my enjoyment of the movie increased by like 50%. Because I was just really stressed out about what he was about to do next. That's fair. You feel like your your toes were safe. After <laughs> <way>. Yes. <laughs> after he died, you, you do. <laughs> the fact that there's a character who puts her whole ass foot in his mouth to pour alcohol through is just like the most like him thing that could happen. And he wrote and his he, character. He wrote that role. Yeah. Yeah. We all know um, he has a foot fetish. It's so fucking cl- like clear. There, there's a there's a lot of weird shit in the beginning of this movie that makes it a, a little harder to love. Like, I, there's the it opens in like a uh, a gas station where they're uh, holding up the guy that's running it, and uh, he has to act natural and talk to a cop as he comes in, and they could talk about fucking anything, like literally anything, but instead they're talking about a handicapped kid who prepared his yeah. a breakfast and he was throwing up all over the place <laughs> and they should have they just killed the kid when he was born and it's just the most, it is not related to anything and it just keeps fucking going. Forever. Um, there's a ton of slurs that are just thrown yeah. out for the fuck of it. They really, like there's no real racial element to the movie mm-hmm. you know there's 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 no it's not trying to at least i don't think so i mean maybe if you could read into some of the movies Listen, that way but I, I don't i've done a lot of work studying race i've done a lot of work talking about the different impacts of media in it there's nothing in that movie that's about race yeah. except for throwing out slurs you know i don't think the vampire people in the bar are a metaphor for <laughs> for anything no. i think they're just they're vampire people in a bar so it just seems really unnecessary. And then there's the, the creepy sexual element, which I think works on a horror level to some degree, but then on other uh, other levels, it just 
it doesn't work and just feels really edgy. But there's there's one shot that'll always always stick with me, and it's when they have the bank teller uh, hostage, and he leaves her. He leaves Quentin Tarantino gets left alone with the bank teller woman, uh, which is a bad idea. Like yeah, a, he she should have known by now that he can't leave him alone, and he he kills her in like some terrible way, and they, they don't even really show it. It's just the door opens and George Clooney look straight into the camera and they play horrific music and kind of flash every once in a while, like the body and stuff. And I think that seems like really effective. And I think it's one of the first moments you realize you're watching a horror movie. And I think, I think that's super effective. And then even Quentin Tarantino being shot in the hand constantly, his hand is so fucked up and bleeding. It's, it's another form of, of horror, Mm -hmm. you know, just the idea of, you know, that there's some horrible wound festering under duct tape. Um, I also think that guy being set on fire was pretty horror. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, the 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 clerk that runs the gas station gets lit on fire and it's it's dark. It's pretty intense. I like I thought it was a cool kill, but it was pretty intense. Kim, do you get Rob Zombie vibes from that opening scene? Kind of. And I'm not that big of a Rob Zombie fan to be honest. Um after what he did to Halloween, but I kind of yeah. do. Yeah, I kind of do. I like House of a Thousand Corpses that's the first fair. one. That's like yes. my really that's my only like real love of rum zombie and and devil's rejects is good but i i i'd really noticed that this time that they're I, I don't think he was copying or anything it was just kind of a similar taste of yeah. Billy horror just for for a moment there you know yeah no i agree well maybe a little texas chainsaw which i'd say mm-hmm. uh is heavily heavily inspired rob zombie in many ways yeah um fuck where were we going with this <laughs> who am i who are you <laughs> you're aaron the I, I, have, I have him. noted that we took three pee breaks this movie which i will say is accurate i almost made it a fourth but we only had three yeah yeah we have to keep this statistic because it's kind of high in the longer movies and i think the people need to know yes they do they deserve the truth um so why do the vampires look like that i think the faces looked like bats at times like some people turned into lizard people and other yes. people turned into bats but why but then tom savini's so character I can, turned yeah. into a werewolf at the end thank you i thought they're that not some of them look like werewolves no. i know they're not but i think they look <laughs> like werewolves i really like both sections of this movie um the first one hasn't aged well the first section hasn't aged well in some cases and it's it's really uncomfortable to watch but i understand to many people that's also like the appeal of some horror movies it's like wow this is really difficult to watch and it's disgusting it's it's its own type of horror it's just not necessarily one that i'm like let's crack open the beers and watch a woman get murdered in a hotel room uh or, or just like zoom up on some toes i'd much rather see you know tom savini with a whip uh, that's just that's just way better in my opinion, but I really do enjoy both portions, and I think the I think they they set each other up really well because you give a shit about those characters in a way that you've never given the shit about characters in like a Friday the Thirteenth film or, or yeah. Elm Street film because you know you know a- a- everyone's motive and they really could have made it a lot shorter and just been like ah i'm a priest that doesn't believe in God anymore and <laughs> oh no we got Tar- Tarantino on my truck. but um but no they decided to go like the extra mile with it and really set it up and i think 
the entire purpose, this entire movie is justified for that moment when the vampires come out of nowhere. Like that, like that's that's my favorite part of this movie, is they drag you in and get you really hyper focused because you know the family's just about at the point where they could leave. They're at the final point yeah. of it, and finally this drama you've been watching is coming to an end, and then it just, just is like nope (laughs) it's not happening at all and i understand how like kim can feel even a little like robbed of a good movie in that sense you know not not that you had necessarily said that but no i yeah i could see how you're like wow i was really interested in where this movie was going and we never really got to see how this would work out in a normal universe instead we got you know a mariachi band playing a flesh guitar uh, but for me, that's the best thing I've said all day. Like that's that's the best <laughs> part of my day was watching the mariachi flesh guitar. Um, but I, I I could definitely see both sides. Again, Kim and I respect each other's opinions, but are on absolute different sides of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, uh, very much so. <laughs> um, before we move on, does anyone else have anything to say about the first part that they did feel they didn't? The soundtrack was pretty dope. That that's, The music was really great in this... Oh, first and second part, I guess. The song and yeah, the opening, the, the shots. It's, it's like opening and ending, basically. Yeah. It's a bop and a half. Great music. Great. That was it. I just like the uh, song. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have two two quotes from the movie that I, I wanted to bring up from the first section that really stood out to me. Uh, the first was when George Clooney looks him in the eye and says, uh, we're a couple of real mean motor scooters. I, 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 don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know anything about mean motor scooters, but I'm in. And the other is when they slip past the border and George Clooney, they're both, they're both George Clooney lines. Um, but I mean, come on, who's not going to pay attention when George Clooney's mm-hmm. talking? But uh, they cross the border successfully and he runs to the child of the preacher and goes, we're in fucking Mexico, you little fucking piece of shit. <laughs> and, and that's like, how do you not love that? <laughs> I, uh, I fucking love it. But they end up crossing the border and they go to a bar, uh, the Titty Twister, that's open from dusk till dawn. <laughs> anyway. And uh, our immediate instinct, the second we saw the topless strippers in the Titty Twister, was to go, wow, this is the first movie with nudity. We finally (laughs) watching a movie with nudity. And very quickly, I was like, there was full dong in (laughs) (laughs) Midsummer. And then you guys brought up that there's also topless girls. (laughs) in midsummer yeah so clearly the dong is what stuck with me (laughs) from this so i was way more focused on that i mean you were very focused on sex machine in this movie so i think it kind of there's a pattern i was i was focused on ted dancing and creep show this podcast is just trying to tell me something (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Although some Hake in this movie, though, come on. Should we ever come clarify on. that Molly's actually her girlfriend, or should we just let that go? I don't. They know won't believe it at this point. <laughs> it, it sounds fabricated now, and even I'm not sure. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. I just want to be with someone. <laughs> yes. The, finally, the the gang rolls up in the mystery machine at the titty twist, <laughs> and they go in and they they get in a fight with some of the people there and then um Salma Hayek comes out half naked with a snake yes and it's iconic um, yeah you guys take it from there <laughs> um 
She walks over to their table and goes to the only man that would be terrifying in this whole bar. I mean, they're all terrifying, but, like, he's the one that's going to murder you. So, like, she really chose wrong. She goes right up to Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up to Tarantino. And she puts her foot in his mouth and pours alcohol down her leg. And he sucks all of it up and sucks on her feet because that's what he's into. And then they start the fight. And his hand gets stabbed, and based on what I understand, the blood makes the lady turn into a vampire. Yes? <laughs> yeah, you're on a roll. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what happens. Um, and then it, she looks like a lizard, which <laughs> I didn't mention earlier, but I still think that it's weird that the man in the beginning calls his penis a lizard. I think that's strange. <laughs> oh, so it's the, when the cop says he's got to go drain his lizard, you're connecting that to the Salma Hayek lizard vampire. Just in my own brain. Just because I think that um, both are weird uses of lizards. I love that. (laughs) I love that for you, AJ. Both Kim and I agreed that the Salma Hayek um, striptease scene is like what we think of when we think of From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, it's iconic. Like everything about it is just, it just sticks with you for a lot of reasons. I'm drunker this time than I have been. (laughs) <laughs> Let's let it all out. Good. <laughs> Good. Let the alcohol flow through you. <laughs> um, but no, iconic scene. Fucking incredible. Right before, right up until she becomes a lizard lady. And then it, it gets better, if you can imagine. I, I, <laughs> it does. I think it does. Uh, pretty much after that, the, the whole movie turns into just an absolute gore fest. Of just stabbing vampires in creative ways. Tom Savini plays a character that's sitting there. Makeup artist Tom Savini. Uh, called Sex Machine. His actual character name. And he has a gun under his belt that looks like a cock. And it's pretty great. It's pretty incredible. It is. <laughs> and he fights <laughs> vampires with that and a whip. In increasingly ridiculous ways. Uh, one of the first kills is... The daughter of the priest pulls off her cross necklace and puts it in the mouth of the bartender vampire and his face melts and it looks freaking amazing. The effects in this movie are so good for the most part. There's the occasional weird CG, but uh, that's amazing. And then right after that, like within the next three minutes of that face melting, a character rips the heart right out of a vampire's chest and then it gets stabbed with a pencil, like a number two pencil. And it's like, I just, that's all I ever Are wanted. Are you sure like, it was number great. two? What if it was number three? You know, I, I you know, I know. This, <laughs> uh, this From is, all this the standardized lore. testing that it's, it's the number oh, two? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, just checking. Um, and But, like, the effects are amazing, right? Like, there's, there's, yeah. that, there's so many mo- memorable moments in that first fight with the vampires whenever you realize kind of who's not a vampire and who is first we kind of get like a a new main cast i kind of expected the movie to be over after that first fight and i wouldn't have been mad about it Hmm. okay okay i can see that i can kind of agree i can see that i can see that big time too because like a a lot of because it it is a a nice happy ending that like and i just feel like it would have been so shocking that all of a sudden there's vampires and then this movie's over I feel like that would piss people <laughs> off. Could you imagine if they didn't go anywhere at the vampire thing? Like, they just walk out into the sunlight yeah. after that? Like, holy shit. And listen, I'm not fully saying the movie ends on such a better note, because it does not necessarily. But at least the vampires are on screen for another 40 minutes. That would have been <laughs> insane if it just ended there. I, I kind of love that, though. Right? Isn't it kind of iconic? 
have you seen um no, the okay. YouTube video? Oh shit! Oh, put me in my place. I'll stop. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's where that dude edited Toy Story three for his family to end as they're going into the incinerator. Like he just like made an edited copy and put it. Oh in the my DVD god! For them to watch. <laughs> so no. like they're at the incinerator part, and then they cut to credits. I would love to show somebody that 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 cut of From Dust Till Dawn. Just yeah. ends right there. You put it on for a movie night. <laughs> just ends there. You just look around at people's faces. I'd fucking love. You could have done that to me and I would have fully just bought it. I would have been like, that sounds exactly like how this movie ends. Okay. Oh, now we got to cut a movie like that and not tell you the movie you showed going to be completely wrong. And like, okay. No way. <laughs> All right. I'm here for do, it. Do you think we could somehow splice in another Nightmare on Elm Street movie into another? And like, do you think we could do it in such a way that AJ wouldn't notice? 100%. 100%. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, in the middle of Nightmare 2, Jason <laughs> Jason shows up and they battle him out. And that's just Nightmare 2. She wouldn't know any different. I pause it. I pause it. I'm like, AJ, this is the first time they ever did this. She's like, oh shit, that's awesome. I hate it because I actually probably would have just bought into it because I just trust you guys that much. And then when they go to space, she'd be like, wow, this movie is dynamic. <laughs> To see how far we can go with it. Yeah. Like, wow, that movie ended a lot like The Notebook. I just, I <laughs> I was just confused how that, how that works. <laughs> That's how you get me to watch like Twilight, like you guys were saying earlier, is you put on something super stupid and then midway through it becomes Twilight. And I'm like, this movie took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> Twilight's um, actually a slasher film. We didn't tell you though. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm in. Holy fuck. Um, <laughs> So, so after after that first brawl in the in the titty twister, the band says "fuck you, everybody, good night," and then disappears. Yeah, and then more bats come in and create a much bigger vampire army than before. And you're forgetting movie... the ten minutes of dialogue where they just sit around and talk. Yeah, they they sit and explain their their life story, and that the nom vet has the deep, horrible conversation about his time in the war. Yeah, yeah, that that goes on for quite a bit. And he for a long time, too long. Then he killed an entire Viet Cong. It was just unnecessary, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I can't, like I think I blacked out too. for like most of that dialogue. I always do. Well, they show they show Tom Savini turning into a vampire in the meantime, and that's nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay, so th- so then um, the second group comes in, the whole like bat, the bat crew, and immediately this movie stops giving a fuck about who lives and dies and just kills off. We forget that Quentin. We forgot to mention Quentin Tarantino is like the first dude to die. Oh in yeah, the vampire attack. Uh, we're fine with He's that. He's done. He's done. And that was then, my favorite um, part. Yeah, your favorite scene is when he 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 finally bit bit a yeah, bullet. Yeah, when he's fully dead, I'm like, oh, thank God, the world's a better place. <laughs> Well, his brother is actually the one that kills him, which I think is pretty interesting compared to their dynamic that they have in the beginning. Yeah, because the, the, the relationship is, well, you know, strange to say the least. At first, he's like, oh, no, don't kill him. That's my fucking brother. And then they talk for us a little bit. And he's like, all right, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. Quentin Tarantino's my dog. I'll, I'll do it, ma. Um... <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so a few main characters get bit including the the preacher who's like 
instrumental how the movie goes it's a big shock when he gets bit even aj had a strong reaction i was upset i was upset but then they all start deciding basically to fight back he decides that it's time it's he's gonna if he's gonna go out he's gonna take out as many of them as he can he does this great thing where he takes a, a baseball bat and slides it through the uh i don't know what to call it um the like grip of the shotgun the pump shotgun and he makes it so it's a cross when he's holding it up and he can just lower down and shoot it. Uh, so it's just cross, gun, cross, gun. And it's fucking amazing. They all have some kind of interesting weapon. Uh, George Clooney has a jackhammer with a wooden stake on the end of it. Uh, they have The son gets a, a squirt gun and water balloons full of holy water. And then, and then I always thought it was kind of funny. The daughter's just like, oh yeah, and you get a crossbow. There's nothing yeah. really particular about it, but you, you get a crossbow. Um, but they all have these crazy weapons, and then it's just like good another good god five to ten minutes of fighting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty. It's, it's and then half the cast dies. They got some some great scenes of like the water balloons hitting faces and faces being half melted and shit. It's it, it's all pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I liked it a lot. And then Sex Machine, Tom Savini's character is still kicking around as a. As a werewolf, uh, as a werewolf, <laughs> as a vampire, because he was turned into a vampire earlier, and he kill—he's the one that actually bites, or is he? Yeah, yeah, I believe he he bites the preacher, and he he mm-hmm. takes out a lot of the main characters, including like the nom vet and whatnot, and uh, he gets his head completely ripped off, and then becomes a werewolf. I mean, I I know he doesn't, but he pretty much becomes a werewolf, and it kind of writhes and lights on fire for a bit, and then they shoot it, and it explodes, and it's all just, it, it's, it's insane. It doesn't need to be there. It's crazy, but I, I love it. And then they start killing off even more characters. The dad turns into a werewolf and bites the kid, and at the end of the day, they wind up shooting holes in the ceiling because it's morning again, and they kill all of the vampires. And it's just George Clooney and the daughter left. And it's there's really no resolution. It's just kind of over at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty open-ended in a way. I was waiting for the daughter to go with him. And then I was going to say that the whole thing was a rom-com. And I had like this whole bit planned about making it a rom-com. And then she didn't go with him. Yeah, I didn't tell you about the spinoff. <laughs> oh, there we go. There's a spinoff. The sequel. Is it all about them falling in love? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Why didn't we watch that one? <laughs> Both of us just begrudgingly went along with that. Like, we started it, and it was like, oh, fuck, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna do right now. Okay. Very yeah, funny. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's it's a hardcore Tarantino movie in the beginning that ends up being a crazy, goofy, vampire-killing mess. And I, I love it to death. Um, AJ, what's your what's your final thoughts on it? What's your what's your whole thing here? I think it's absolutely wild. I kind of love it, but I'm also kind of still confused. Um, I feel like it took itself so seriously, and then it just threw every rule book out the window and went fucking batshit. And I just like am still surprised by it. I mean, yeah, I could. I, I that's pretty much the only thing you can have from it. But did you did the gore stand out? Did um, yeah, I think that it had some, like, extremely cool... I think you, you commented on some of the CGI. I feel like it had some really great gore, and then it got weird um, during it, where it would be, like, super cool, and then it would be, like, really obviously, like, green or something, and you're like, what's happening? But overall, yeah. I thought it was super cool. I thought it was a really um, interesting, dynamic film. 
And once I was no longer concerned that everyone was about to be assaulted, I was like way more into it. <laughs> That's the wow. They should put that on the box. <laughs> <laughs> once I was no longer concerned that people were going to get assaulted, I loved it. Um, what about you, Kim? I know you said you liked the first portion a lot more, but what's your overall thoughts? Because you, you did have a positive reaction when I brought up that we were going to watch this one. I mean, yeah, I, I really like it. I think it's a staple in not just um, horror movies, but, like, in the vampire genre in general for a lot of reasons. Um, and it's obviously entertaining and it's well-known. It's one of those almost cult-like following that... I mean, it was made into a TV show and it has, I believe, two other movies along with this one. So it definitely has popularity. I've never seen them, have you? I have seen, I know the third one is focused on Kate, um, which I find really interesting and it makes me want to watch it. I watched a bit of the TV series because I liked this film. TV series was okay, um, but I much I much prefer a more condensed version. I just wish that there was more, which I guess the TV series would do, more discussion on the lore because there is a lot about their backgrounds of these characters that I think should have been, in my opinion, the focal point as opposed to all the excess funniness, I guess, because there's just so much rich richness to it that's not included. Um, but well, I guess that's what the rest of the films and the TV series are for, but I just kind of wish this one did a bit more. But I mean, I, I like it. I It's not a movie that I constantly rewatch, but I can appreciate it for the staples that it did in the horror genre particularly um, having to do with Latin American individuals, Latinos finally get some representation in horror genre. I know we didn't talk about all the actors that are in it, but we have a lot of pretty prominent Latino and Chicano actors in this. We have like Danny Trevo, obviously Selma Hayek. Um, we have Cheech, which is pretty, in my opinion, awesome to see him in a movie. Yes, he's funny. But also, I, I think it's great to see him a movie that's that's a different genre than what he usually does. We have Tito La, La, La Riva, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Um, but we definitely do get a setting that is based in Latin American culture or Mesoamerican. Um, and we get actors and characters that come from the culture. And I think that's something that we don't really see in horror or media in general. So to me, even though I have so many criticisms for the movie, I have to appreciate it for all that it does to include people, my people, um, and Latinos in general into a genre that typically and historically has excluded Latinos, Mexicans, however you want to phrase it, from the conversation. So I have to give it points for that, which I think also, I mean, I would have liked more of that, obviously. Um, but I, I have to give it the appreciation it deserves because it's, it's so great to see these actors in this movie, you know, and in this genre finally. And I, I really, I really like it mostly just for that. I did almost bring up that there were not, no, um, non-vampire Mexicans. Cause I thought that that was interesting. Do you have any thoughts on that? Non-Mexican vampires? No, none of the, like, there were no survivors. There were no... People that weren't vampires who were Mexican. Well, I mean, the survivors were just George Clooney and Kate. I, th I think she means that there was no white vampires. I guess you, Quentin Tarantino and um, Henry Cavill, or, or not, is it Cavill or uh, the the preacher? He also 
is a vampire at multiple points. So besides that, yeah, there is primarily Mexican vampires. I mean, they are they are in Mexico. No, I meant that like the people in the bar that originally survive. Mm-hmm. None of them are Mexican, and we're in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I guess so. Yeah, the 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 non vampires. Like um, that first wave, you know, because yeah, you're right. At the end, it's just George Clooney and the girl. But um, before that, there's like all these characters that you watch slowly die. And I was mostly thinking about them. So what are you? Are you asking me a question? Sorry. No, I'm just pointing it out. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just was gonna. I was just curious, like thinking about that. That I was interested in that factor, and then I almost brought it up during the movie, and then I was like, well, maybe they're trying to make a point about it or something and then i just let it go okay <laughs> i don't know where to go <laughs> I, I, I think the movie i think the movie does have um so much representation in that way because it is a rob rodriguez film exactly you know? yeah and uh, there is a lot of cast from his movies in in this as well like rob rodriguez used a lot of uh these actors multiple times uh so it's kind of weird to see you know spy kids actors you know go at it so hard in this but <laughs> it do be that way <laughs> yeah and the fact that the lore is kind of tied to mayan and aztec um you know mythology we see it we oh. see a bit of it at the end of the movie it shows that it's like linked to like an aztec or mayan temple we can't 100 percent be sure but yeah the, only that only the tip of it is the bar and the rest of it yeah. is, is underground so it comes from mesoamerican roots which i mean it, it there's more discussed about it in like the tv show and like the the rest of the movies, which, of course, I looked up. That's the only reason why I know that. Um, but that, to me, it's just usually vampirism and, like, the lore is very Eurocentric. Um, if you name any vampire, like, that we know, Dracula, Louis from Interview from the Vampire, like, they're always white or European in, in some way, shape, or form. And I think having it tied to, like, not only Latin individuals, but also deriving from Aztec and Mayan gods and the creation of vampirism is tied to that I think is so fucking interesting and I think it's so cool that I fucking hate the fact that we don't ever actually go into that in this movie and I think that's what upsets me the most about it because it's such a cool take on it and it would be so interesting even if it's like a little bit more, you know, a little bit more than just, oh, look, it's attached to a temple from like as from Aztec times or Mayan times. Ooh, I would have just preferred if that had been a bigger focal point than having to wait and watch it in a different movie or TV show or wherever else it kind of comes about. But I just think that's also really clever. And in my, I, I like that aspect of it. Yeah. It is a, it is a nice twist on the the normal like formula of it. Yeah, because vampires uh, are always I, I like any time. <laughs> <laughs> I do like uh any time you can get historical, you know, and link it in historical ways. I think that's awesome. Yeah, and the reason why they look snake like or reptilian like is because it, it the mythology does tie it to um gods in the Mayan and Aztec culture that were serpent gods. And I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go too deep into it because that would take too long, but it derives from like that sort of demonology and mythology. Um, and there's a story behind it, obviously, but that's why they look that way. But I do agree the appearance wise, I really like because it reminds me of like Buffy and the Lost Boys, like really ugly. And I kind of like yeah. that ugliness of vampires. That's how I'm used to seeing them portrayed, even in Anne Rice's books. You know, they look ugly as hell. Um, 
So that to me is how I prefer my vampires to kind of show up in media traditionally. I like Not when they're sparkly. sexy vampires, personally. Instead, we'll change that. instead we get sneeple snake people. <laughs> Ooh, I, if if I'll tell you what, if Salma Hayek's sneeple, I may still. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. <laughs> All right. Oh yes, Kim's thirst segment. All right. So whenever we watch horror movies, Kim has some kind of attraction to the character she shouldn't. Uh, typically, she's attracted to like <laughs> Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger to a degree that uh, AJ and I would consider strange, <laughs> but but we support Kim yeah. in her her lust for the many different scary men in these movies. I don't think she's attracted to Quentin Tarantino no. in this one, but that doesn't mean that there's not a bit of thirst to go around in this movie. Facts. Obviously, Santanico, a hundred percent is that's Selma Hayek's character, by the way. Um, Okay. The lady, as AJ would like to call her. <laughs> um, obviously. I mean, 100%. How can you not find her? She's gorgeous. She's a gorgeous woman, obviously. A bit hypersexualized. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was a little like, okay, did, we, did she need to do that? But you know what? I'm okay with it. Um, but 100%. As a snake, as a human, I really, I don't care. She's a goddess. Literally and <laughs> figuratively. She's literally a goddess. Oh, she's the queen of technically that like coven. Um, and it's oh. said in a way that she kind of does through the lore like derive from a goddess or is a goddess incarnate in, in, in how it comes about in the story. So that's kind of a big deal that she died then. Which is why <sighs> Yeah. It's not a big deal. I just think <laughs> it's misogyny. <laughs> that yeah that's another big issue i have with this movie it's she literally is just up there to be an object she's so powerful and she's so fucking cool and dynamic and she has a whole backstory and all they do is put her in a bra and make her dance and bite someone and then she dies is essentially the role they give her so yeah I agree fully, and I know this is I know I'm entering risky territory here, but I I also feel like she commands like power and respect when she comes into that room. Everybody shuts the fuck up. Everybody is like painted. You know what I mean? Like when they introduce yeah. her, it's in, it's in. I understand she is like you know half naked and shit, but it's also in a very like commanding way. You know? I, I don't I don't think it's very submissive, but uh, I you're absolutely right. I mean, I would agree that she uses seduction as a tool that's not uncommon in, like, vampire movies. And I, I definitely think there is a power in that as well. But I, I think the fact it's that they kill her... It's also not uncommon among women. Yeah, I think it's the fact that they they give her that power and then she just is easily killed. <laughs> and has no other yeah. form of character besides, wow, she hypnotizes me. I mean, she has power. And I don't think... I think that was kind of glossed over. She's able to, like use illusion and and communicate with her mind and it's never like really looked at so i mean i i agree definitely there's power in seduction and she uses that really well but they kind of just like killed her off so damn easily it's kind of (laughs) it's kind of a waste they don't they don't give that second half a lot of characterization yeah a long nom nom story about killing a whole platoon but um 
not a lot as far as the vampires go. I just feel there was a lot of it was a lot of objectification of women in this movie, which yes, I oh. know that happens in horror, like it's not uncommon, but like the that one guy that says pussy way too many times in the beginning, I did not yes. like that at all. I know it was supposed to be funny, <laughs> but like it 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 but was it's too, too much. Many. It was too much. Yeah. And it's, it's not funny in the sense of what he's saying. It's almost funny in how long how he can keep going with it because you think it's going to end any minute now and he just keeps finding more ways to say pussy. And it's just, it, it takes forever. Oh, God. It's not funny in its content at all. It's almost funny in how long it, it, it runs and it's like, oh, God, they're committed to this. They really, really like this bit. <laughs> Christ. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Kate's character was weirdly sexualized, too. I'm pretty sure she was, like, 18. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she was, like, young. I don't know if she was underage, but she was definitely young. Yeah. And I thought that was very weird. All Yeah, I, I was just... It's, it was pretty... Uh, And obviously making Quinn Tarantino's character a sex offender that wasn't needed. That didn't need to happen. It wasn't necessary. It was fully unnecessary. Could have just been a brother who was a bit unhinged and had a temper problem. Didn't have to include that focal point at all. Yeah. He is yeah. probably the scariest part of that movie, though. Just himself. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. He's just a weird dude. <laughs> he could have been, like, that weird dude without the whole sexual saltness of it. I don't know. Yeah. And- In my head, that's just Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Which, I mean, same, but that's kind of a horrific thing that we all just kind of know and, like, think about. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Only the toes are unsafe. Yeah, that was also no, so unnecessary. I mean, all the uh, oh, yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, that's any Tarantino movie. <laughs> that's that's any yeah. Tarantino movie. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of feet stuff. Yeah, it was it was definitely like weird, and I'm like, I just <laughs> why why are we doing this? Why am I in Quentin Tarantino's head right now? <laughs> like, I would like to be out, please. And there's also a, another weird foot scene because there's there's they zoom in on uh audrey was that her name kate kate wow holy shit (laughs) you're talking about juliette lewis's character right yes okay they they zoom in on her feet for like quite a bit yeah and then there's of course the obvious foot and mouth scene but there's also that weird scene in the beginning with like the elderly lady that's the bank teller where he's like he's all fucking creepy and is like do you want to watch tv with me and they come over and she's like, take off your shoes. <laughs> she takes off her shoes and sits on there. But he's wearing his shoes in the bed as they're fucking lying in there. Yeah. So it was just an excuse to get some old lady feet in there. It had no, yeah, no it's, real place. It's, it's definitely weird. Especially juxtaposed with all like the religious talk that gets brought about throughout the entire movie. Like the theology undertones that like isn't uncommon yeah. in Tarantino's movies. But definitely feels very weird when you have all like the sexual assault shit coming from Tarantino himself. It's kind of like, bro, you give me mixed signals right now. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, so, some bizarre, some bizarre choices. Yeah, and a roller coaster of a movie. What did you guys think about George Clooney's character? I feel like we harp a lot on obviously Tarantino because he's trash. We can agree Richie I mean, was trash, but George Clooney's character. George Clooney is hot in general. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> he also is pretty psycho. I I feel like he ends up looking better because he's compared to I Richie. Agree. And so like he looks like he's not as psychotic, 
But he also has his moments where you're like, wow, you're fucking unhinged. Yeah. yeah. And you just know it. And he's got a dumb tattoo. How did how did I describe the tattoo on his neck? Oh, it should he be on He said it looked wheels. like it belonged on a Hot Wheels. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by that. It does look like it should be on a Hot Wheels yeah. car. Fucking beat that. It does. Yeah, I feel oh like he's God. meant to look kind of like the hero at the end. And I'm like, why? He's yeah. literally a bad person as well. Like, he's not yeah. good just because he's human amongst vampires. Like, it, it, no, I didn't. He can't even, like, say he's doing it all for his brother who would clearly be in prison otherwise. He was in prison in the beginning. Like, he's been a bad dude from the mm-hmm. beginning. It's not just like, I just want to take care of my brother, man. It's not that at all. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah, and it, yeah, I think you're right, AG, when you say it's kind of like a... You know, is it is even I I guess I would call it redemption. Like, is that even technically a thing that happens in this movie or is just the bad outshined by something or someone that's like worse? And I think that's the latter is kind of what it ends up being, in my opinion. Like Seth isn't good just because Richie is worse. Yeah. Yeah. No, in comparison. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. When you balance it, like he's a sex offender and no oh, well seth is just like a thief and just kills people that's just equally as bad like that's not equally but it, it's definitely on par with being a bad person i was even thinking about that from like an actor level like if i was quentin tarantino i was like dude we couldn't have found like a more normal looking dude to sit next to me like you really got to put me against yeah. george clooney this entire goddamn movie <laughs> shit like come on dude get someone else to make me look a little better here yeah yeah. Do you think George Clooney's hot? Is that a? Re- I don't agree to that. I don't think it's attractive. In general, yeah, I don't think he's attractive. I never understood the George. Clooney. I actually do think he is. I think in this movie he's fairly attractive. Yeah, he's, he's an attractive dude. Everyone loves George Clooney. Well, I, not everyone. <laughs> I've never, I've never been on the George Clooney train. I, I never understand it when people are like, he's so hot. I'm like, is he? I also didn't understand it for a long time, but I feel like in this movie I kind of see it. It's fair. Yeah. No, he, he, he's a good-looking dude in this movie. That's full out. He's not even in the fucking shitty Disney movie yet. He's not in Tomorrowland yet. He still had his whole, yeah. his whole feature ahead of him. I, like, got lost. I was like, <laughs> Disney? <laughs> I was like, what is he talking about, Tomorrowland? <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're only proving my point. <laughs> Nobody saw Tomorrowland. Nobody gave Nobody a saw fuck. Tomorrowland. No. Nobody cared. And that's, no. where he's, that's where he's ending now. <laughs> okay. Do we have any final thoughts? Um, no. Show, show this movie to someone that hasn't seen it and tell them not to look, look up anything about it and just wait till the vampires come. It's a great time. Highly recommend. Yeah. It's pretty enjoyable. It's a great time. Yeah. I had a pretty great time. It's witty. Good dialogue. Good shots. Good, good gore. Pacing. Whether Whether or not... Um, you liked it or not, it certainly holds on to you the whole time. This It's always interesting. Yeah. Um, they never really, I don't think they particularly drag anywhere. It's a hell of a ride through and through. Bizarre in all the best ways, in my opinion. Uh, definitely, definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it before. Yeah. They got some attractive people to look at if you're not even into that. Aaron, yeah, Sex yeah, Machine. Yeah. Will you vouch for Sex Machine being the eye candy of this movie? Tom Savini's the eye candy in this movie. I, I fell asleep during the Salma Hayek. I, I couldn't even keep my eyes I was all into Tom Savini, though, with that whip, you know? I believe it. I'm not going to lie. If there's any movie that would hang dong, that, that's all I got to say. It's just, I would change it. <laughs> I would add an extra 20 minutes to this movie where Sex Machine hangs dong. <laughs> For 20 minutes? Yeah, that's a little too long, <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> 
It's the director's cut. You can't complain. Oh, okay. Yeah, you have the option to watch the theatrical version. You chose to watch the 20 minutes. (laughs) 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 Oh, fuck. This one's one's been a mess. (laughs) But I loved it. Just like the movie. Um, Me too. It's, you know, it's a ride. Yeah. No, there was a lot to talk about. And apparently a lot of other unrelated things to talk about, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, we'll keep this train going, this, <laughs> this drug sloppy mess train going. And when next week, when we watch uh, the second live action Flintstones film, Flintstones Viva Rock <laughs> Vegas. Oh my god, the fact that you know that. Yeah, well, you know, soon you will as well. <laughs> um, well, until we watch Viva Rock, Viva Rock Vegas, say that three times fast. I've been Aaron. I've been AJ. I've been Kim. And uh, I love you. We'll see you at the Titty Twister. (laughs) Bye-bye.